0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Farm D Money Podcast, where certified financial planner Derek Delaney brings financial education and observation to help pharmacists navigate their most important financial questions. Welcome in Farm D Nation to episode number 49 of the Farm D Money Podcast. I am your host, Derek Delaney. Thank you all for joining me today. When somebody is preparing to retire or those who are in retirement, there's a lot of things that are going on from a financial aspect that most people probably are not aware of until it's too late. And one of the most common situations people run into where this becomes a reality for them is in the world of tax. So taxation is complicated, and I think that is putting it lightly. And I don't think there's any way for any single person, unless you specialize in actually being in the field, to understand all the ways taxation can affect your money, depending on where you have it and how you use it. And that could really lead to a lot of problems for those who are not experts, because people live in real life and they do things with their money in real life, and without a really great understanding of how those actions can translate into taxable events, It's really difficult to figure out if what you're doing right now is in your best interest from a tax planning standpoint, and even if you don't know, you're going to figure out if it is, and by the time that happens, it might be too late, and you might be left holding the tax bag for actions you took earlier in the year that you didn't know had unintended consequences that negatively affect how much tax you owe that year. and. That is why in this podcast, we're going to talk about hidden tax bombs people may encounter in retirement. And I know there are a lot of tax traps and there are a lot of tax strategies that people can use. And we're not going to get in too much depth with a lot of those. Instead, in this podcast episode, I want to concentrate more on the five tax bombs, the five tax areas that I think people encounter unintentionally that end up costing them more in tax than they would have hoped earlier in the year. So to start out, the number one, or I shouldn't say number one, but a big tax bomb people aren't aware of that end up biting them in the butt as they get into retirement and as they start pulling money from their retirement account and start spending more, specifically early on in retirement, is the IRMAA tax bomb. So IRMAA stands for the Income-Related Monthly Adjustment Amount. And this essentially is a way for Medicare to collect more in Part B and Part D premiums from those people who earned more two years ago. So the IRMAA tax brackets or income brackets basically show you that if you exceed a specific income threshold, you will owe more in your monthly premiums for that year. And they take the income from two years ago to determine how much premium you're going to owe in the current year, which is really interesting because it gets a lot of people because they don't experience the adverse effects of crossing those thresholds until two years later. And right now, in 2022, those brackets sit at for a single filer 91,000, and 182,000 for a joint filer, which means that your Medicare Part B premiums will go up if you're a joint filer and your income exceeds 91,000, and if you're a joint filer and your adjusted gross income or your modified adjusted gross income exceeds 182,000. So you could be early on in retirement, you could be young and healthy, and you could be spending a lot of your tax-deferred money that you spent saving your entire life to enjoy the things you want to enjoy in retirement while you still can, but you may find that spending too much money and crossing that threshold, even by a dollar, will cause future Medicare premiums to rise, even if your income drops substantially in that year where those premiums are set to rise. So for example, let's just say in 2020, you end up spending a lot of money and your income is really, really high and you exceed those thresholds. And all of a sudden you retire in 2022 and, or you're already retired, but you spend a lot less money because you're starting to slow down in life in 2022. Well, you're gonna get notification that you owe more Medicare Part B premiums for that 2022 year because of the amount of money and income you put on your tax return back in 2020. If, again, you spend above 182000 and to 228000 if you are a joint filer, that premium goes up to 238, and I believe there's three additional brackets after that. So the more money you put on your tax return means the more Medicare Part B and D premiums you're going to be expected to pay two years later. So the IRMAA is a very common tax bomb people run into. The next one is the social security tax bomb. Social security is interesting. So the amount of tax you will pay on your social security is determined by your provisional income. And your provisional income is your adjusted gross income plus half of your social security plus any tax exempt interest received in the year. And it's important to note that Roth, Distributions, Roth IRA distributions don't count in provisional income. So let's just say that you have a low provisional income, whether you're a single uh, filer or a joint filer. If it's low enough, 50% of your Social Security will get taxed at whatever ordinary income tax rate you find yourself in that year. So if you make $40,000 or if you make $20,000 from Social Security, chances are only 10,000 of that might get taxed at whatever tax rate you find yourself in in that year. So if you're in the 12% bracket, only 10,000 gets taxed at that 12%, and the other 10,000 is given to you essentially tax-free. But once you cross a specific threshold, again, depending on if you're a married filer or single filer, that 50% of your Social Security that gets taxed goes up to 85%. So in reality, you could put on $100, $150, $200 more of additional income on your tax return in a given year, and that could end up causing more than 35% or up to 35% more of your Social Security to be taxed at whatever rate you fall into. And that's why it's a tax bond, because a little bit of additional income could cause a lot more taxation on your Social Security that otherwise wouldn't have happened. The next big tax bomb is the, the alignment of the capital gains and ordinary income tax brackets. So ordinary income tax brackets are the tax brackets that determine how much tax you owe on ordinary income, like money earned from your job or dollars pulled out of an IRA or a 401k. Capital gains tax brackets are less taxing, if, if, if I can say that, on capital assets that are sold at a game. So if you go out and buy a stock and you hold that stock for over a year, that becomes a capital asset. If you sell that stock at a gain, you make money on that transaction, you will pay tax on that gain at whatever capital gain tax rate you fall into, which are less abrasive than ordinary income tax brackets. But capital gain tax brackets on your tax return stack on top of your ordinary income tax, which means... Capital gain taxes will not affect the amount of ordinary income tax you pay in a year. So if you have a part-time job and you're also supplementing that part-time job by pulling out a little bit of money from your IRA and the total between those two is like 40,000, you will only be taxed on that 40 as far as ordinary income tax will only apply toward that 40,000. If you have another 200,000 of capital gains on top of that 40,000, the amount of you, that you pay of those capital gains will be affected by that 40000 but that capital gain, that $150,000, will not affect the amount of the 40000 which means capital gain taxes can't raise your ordinary income into higher tax brackets, but your ordinary income can raise your capital gains into higher capital gain tax brackets. Crystal clear, right? So where people have to be aware in this situation is when you find yourself taking on capital gains throughout the year, and then you get to the end of the year and you decide to do something like a Roth conversion or pull additional money out of your IRA unexpectedly for maybe a, a, a trip or something like that. And it turns into a tax bomb because the first bracket in the capital gains tax bracket is 0%. So if you're sitting in that 0% tax bracket and you put on more ordinary income tax at the end of the year, you could actually bump those capital gains that are sitting in that 0% tax bracket into the 15% tax bracket. So essentially, a little bit of additional income at the end of the year, whether that's earned or taken out of your IRA or a Roth conversion or something like that, could bump your capital gains into that 15% bracket, causing a lot more taxation in total than otherwise would have if you didn't take that little bit of additional income at the end of the year. So understanding how those two things work in alignment is very important for doing your best and not causing that unforeseen tax bomb at the end of the year. The other two, the first one that I think get a lot of people just because they don't know about it and are unaware of how it works are required minimum distributions. So in the year you turn 72, the IRS goes, hey, you have to start taking money out of your IRAs or your 401k if you're not still working. We're not gonna let that money sit in those accounts and continue to grow tax deferred Once you get to age 72, we're going to force you to start taking that money out. And in reality, a lot of people, specifically those that retire early once they get to 72, are probably pretty content and comfortable with the amount of money that they're taking out of their IRAs. And some of those people could have strong additional income sources where they don't need to take money out of their IRAs or 401ks. So any additional money taken out of those buckets of cash would end up causing more taxation than they would like, especially considering that they don't need the money anyway. But it doesn't matter if you need the money or not, the IRS is going to force you to take your money out of that IRA and 401k, whether you like it or not, once you get to age, once you get to the year, you turn 72. And this becomes even a bigger problem for um, a surviving spouse. Let's just say that um, a couple is married, the, the husband passes away, the surviving spouse takes over their deferred assets, IRAs, 401ks, and that next year now they will be a single filer and once they reach RMD age, they will be forced to take out in total what both of their assets were. When I talk about assets, I'm talking about IRAs and 401ks. And the big issue is they will be a single filer, which means their ordinary income tax rates will be condensed, which means they'll own more. Tax on the money they're required to take out. And the way RMDs work is the older you get, the more they expect you to take out because their hope is that by the time you pass away, you will have taken the last dollar out of any of those deferred accounts. So RMDs can be a big tax bomb for a lot of people. And finally, I think another big tax bomb is just deferred accounts in general. And we'll talk about 401ks and IRAs. People spend their entire life putting money into these 401ks and IRAs, and they want to save for retirement, and they may not know it at the time, but they are creating a huge tax liability for themselves by doing this. Unless they truly believe that they will be in a lower tax environment when they get into retirement. And the problem is, they can project that based off of what they think they're going to spend, but the one thing we can't control is what actual rates they're going to pay the IRS and different legislation can get passed and Congress can come in and change tax rates whenever they want, essentially. And you can't guarantee that even if you're gonna spend less in retirement, you're gonna be in a lower tax bracket. And if you're not, because rates change and those rate changes aren't in your favor, you could end out owing more on tax on those 401k and IRA withdrawals from those deferred assets than the tax savings you got in the beginning by making contributions to them earlier in life while you were working. And once you hit that RMD age, it becomes even a bigger problem with those deferred assets. And it's also an issue when you pass away and your beneficiaries inherit that money as well, because then right now they only have 10 years to empty out that account. Which means that those beneficiaries, let's just say that are your kids, could it out inheriting those IRA and 401k assets that you have and they'll be required to spend all that money out of the account within a period of 10 years after they inherited it and by the time they inherited it they're probably in their peak earning years which means that they will be taxed at a higher tax bracket than what you would have been which means a large portion of your entire nest egg and your legacy may end out going to the IRS in taxes, and that's not something I know anybody has ever hoped for. So just know that when you get into retirement, you're working toward retirement, whether that's early retirement or later life retirement, be aware of these hidden tax bombs because if you experience any one of these, they could be a huge headache and a huge problem to you further down the road, specifically when you're in retirement and your budget is probably a lot more constrained. If you're looking for more information about the podcast, myself, or Farm DFP, feel, feel free to visit the firm's website at farmdfp.com. Also, feel free to check out and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Farm D Financial Planning, for more great insight. Email podcast at farmdfp.com with questions, topics, or ideas you'd like to hear more about. Finally, until next time, Farm D Nation, be well. The Farm D Money podcast is not intended to be tax, legal, or investment advice. All opinions expressed on the show are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for tax, legal, or investment advice.